Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. And this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and... Man, good morning Lyle. Morning, man. How's it going? Had a good weekend? A great weekend. It was a great weekend. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for my ride on mower. And my tractor. No, you can't. You've already said them. Oh, my tractor. You can't. You've already said them. Um, I'm thinking of all the different toys I played with yesterday. My my whippersnipper. Okay, fine. You haven't had that one. <laughs> Such a boy with your toys. It broke on me yesterday. <laughs> You're still grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> so basically, you just clean up the yard yesterday. That's all you did. Yes. And you had a ripper of a weekend because you House got to play in the yard. Day. Yeah, I got to play oh. with all my toys. Well, why don't you keep the kiata a bit cleaner all year round, Lyle? Then you can play with your toys a bit often, more often, and your wife would really like that too, I'm sure. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, have time to play with the other toys. Yeah, whatever. Ask me what I'm grateful for, Lyle. Go what, on. What, what? I, no, uh, y- no. <laughs> I can hear no, the people. Can, in, let I think we need to hear that have the weather. <laughs> no, fine. I won't tell you then. So, coming up in today's news. <laughs> Go on, Lyle. Tell us what's coming up for the next minute and seven seconds. <laughs> I see you, Phil. So we're going to to be talking about North New South Wales very briefly um, and when it changed its name. We're going to be talking about uh, drugs and concerts. We're going to be talking about snake relocation. Ew, just mm. straight to the graveyard. That's where you can like relocate snakes <laughs> to. Just boom, off with a head. This is straight a le- legal mon. Oh, oh, it is. You're promoting Oops. the breaking of the law. Oops, Oops. I didn't realise that. <laughs> and um, also we're going to be talking about, uh, well, let's see here, we'll talk about um, China mm-hmm. and social engineering. Okay. Yeah, go on, lots Lyle. Of, lots of, you know. Go on, Lyle. All right, all right, all right. I give up. What do you think? What are you grateful for? Yesterday, I had the horrific experience of going to a graduation. Turns out, graduation ceremonies are the most boringest ceremonies to be like forced to go to. I was very grateful to be sitting between two women who were so hot they were fanning themselves, but they were fanning themselves in my direction. So I was like in this little wind tunnel of heaven the whole time. <laughs> That's what I'm grateful for. You are, of course, listening to the delayed broadcast introduction. We remind you of this every morning. But you know what? Don't stress. As we always tell you, you can jump across to the live show. It's super duper easy. Just go to our website, faithfm.com.au, or download the TuneIn app, or best of all, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and pester us to get the live show to your area. Tell it on the mountain Silence 
Guys, that was Francesca Battistelli here on Faith FM with Go Tell It on the Mountain. Great to have some Christmas music to kick off the week. I feel like it's unavoidable now. It is. We're going to have Christmas music all the it's, way through. Yeah, it's the tenth. It's the tenth of uh, December, and <laughs> <laughs> there's already Christmas music creeping in everywhere. But now I feel like it's just going to be an onslaught from. Yeah, I think from the tenth of December, it's justifiable. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't mind from the first of December onwards, really, but I just, I just anything earlier just drives me nuts. Especially when, like, you start seeing stuff in October in the shops that just really gets yeah, me yeah, going. Yeah, that's just, yeah. That's just the commercialism of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Do you do you like Christmas carols? Are you one of those haters? Or no, no, I love Christmas carols um, at Christmas time. I, it's interesting that uh, we don't listen to them any other time of the year. They're great songs, and they're and we're sort of like you know you sing one of those songs at church in a worship service in May, and it kind of feels weird. I don't mind when I sing it, but, but why I, would it be weird? Yeah, I have to admit, I've sometimes requested Christmas carols, like a Christmas hymn at church. You know, sometimes you can request um, when it's been, you know, middle of, the, middle of the year. And I don't care. I love it, but I have well, You can gotten, do it in July. I've gotten weird looks and people have sort of complained. And it's like, oh, get over yourself. It's just a song, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you can get away with it in July. Yeah. Because that's the middle of winter and it's kind of has that, uh, you know, yeah, there is that. There is, Christmas in July is a thing. It's true. Yeah. I've celebrated it many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Do you know the one time that I managed to celebrate Christmas outside of Australia, I was so excited that I might have like a cold white Christmas in the ones you always hear about. And I had it in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> you've never had you've never had a white Christmas? No, no. You've never had a normal Christmas? All my Christmases Christmas? have been in Australia because like we have like a cardinal rule at our house that we have to be at the parents' home for Christmas. Okay. And I've only ever managed to break that rule once, which was last year. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but... Then I went to Phoenix. <laughs> and it, I was like, did, did, you, like did you even get a frost? No, no. You didn't nothing, even get a frost. Nothing, no. It was just as warm as, you know, the rest of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, and then I got violently ill. Ooh. Anyway, 
Lyle, we have a new quiz this morning before we do anything else. Wonderful. I want to say this is pretty hard, pretty hard one. Cool. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a what book am I quiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at least it's one out of 66. We know that much. Bring it on. First clue. Here you find Pharaoh's capturing gazer. He set it on fire and later gave it as a wedding gift to his daughter. Mm. Thinking, thinking, thinking face. If you know what that is, give us a call now. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answer to 0491-064-669. And this morning, if you can get it right, I'm going to give you double prizes because Lyle just wrote down the wrong ah, answer. The wrong zero. answer. Yeah, yes. Stumped him. All right. We'll I'm have very an- happy. We'll have another crack in the next section. Have another crack in the next Good idea. Okay. Positively different news. Mon, what have you got for us on this Monday morning? Bring on. Actually, before we before Make we start that off, I, w- I do want to tell you something really sweet, Lyle. Um, so you and I are going off to Africa and we're taking uh-huh. the show with us. Yes, indeed. And we're very excited about that. It's looming. It's coming up so fast. It's just like, you know. I like that word. Looming. It's looming. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, the end of, it's at the end of January, which is really only about like six weeks away. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you think about it, six, seven weeks. So, Wow. Yeah, it's coming okay. up. Uh, so, uh, for those of you who haven't already heard the amazing news, Lyle and I will be heading over to Africa. Um, Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, it's all on the list. Uh, we're doing some mission trips. Lyle's going to be preaching a campaign in Addis Ababa. Love saying that. <laughs> and uh, and we are going to be raising funds, of course, um, for the mission trip. We need to specify that these funds that we're raising, it's got nothing to do with uh, paying our way. We, we, all the people who are involved with this mission yeah. trip, the, all the team have all paid um, for themselves to go. And the money that we're trying to raise now is simply for medical supplies. So 100% of your donations uh, will go towards medical supplies for the Kenya Health Medical Clinic. So it's a, med- it's a pop-up medical clinic. Think of it in that way. Um, it runs for three weeks and each day it's at a different location in the Nakuru district in Kenya. And, uh, and just poverty-stricken people can come and get medical aid for free. And, uh, and so I'll be there on the team. Um, I'm not a doctor or nurse, so I'll be doing a lot of grunt work, filling in gaps, weighing patients, taking blood pressure, doling out medication, that kind of Probably thing. Probably filling in forms. Yeah. Good thing I All like that. All day long. <laughs> I'm going to bring Long-wood. my special form pen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... We are raising funds for that. And we just want to say thank you so much to those who have already donated. And I want to, I wanted to mention a special one, not just because it was um, a, ge- a generous donation. Uh, it was coming from Ballarat, but also because uh, it, was, it was a beautiful donation. So this donation, um, it was made in memoriam. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lady who donated, she said, this is in memory of my deceased father-in-law, uh, Bernard Ratcliffe, who was a, a lifetime member of uh, Rotary Australia, the Lilydale branch. And uh, Rotary is the overbranching organisation for this who are providing us with the with the way into Kenya and with insurance and stuff like that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and so we want to th- we want to thank the Ratcliffe thank, uh, family very deeply and th- and you know thank you so yeah. much and, and in a beautiful memorial people who are involved in lifelong charity um, you know we owe so much to them and we, we absolutely yeah do. We, we need to thank them so a beautiful memorial there for uh, Bernard Ratcliffe a, a lifetime of him of him being charitable and it was a significant donation it was a significant yeah. donation and we're, gen- we're really thankful for that we are trying to hit 6,000 um, and I think we're probably about halfway there at the moment so okay. yeah praise the Lord for yeah, that yeah praise the Lord but yeah but if you want more information uh, 
on how to donate and all about the uh, mission trip, you can go to kenyahealth.org, kenyahealth.org. There is a donate tab at the top of the page there and uh, and you can get a, you know, a receipt because it's all tax deductible and so forth. So yeah, head over there. And if you would rather do it on the phone with us, just give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. So yeah, we're about six weeks out from that and we're super duper pooper super excited about it. Cool. Let me tell you some good news though, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Okay. So, first of all, let's do a little bit of quiz, a little bit of side quiz here. Okay. So, which country in Europe, right, mm. do you reckon suffers from the worst traffic congestion in the in the, Ooh, in the Eastern Europe or Western Europe? Uh, West. Let's go Western. Let's go Western mm. Europe. Worst traffic congestion. Uh, Napoli. No. Isn't Napoli in Italy? Oh, you say which country or which city? Nation. Oh, which nation? Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, nation, nation, nation. Yeah, yeah. Western. Western. I'm going to give you some but, clue. Mm-hmm. Surprising because of its size. Mm. On account of it being small. Mm, Liechtenstein. Oh, you are very close. Oh, really? But no smoked garlic for you. No smoked garlic. We were told not to say cigar. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you're close, but no smoked garlic. <laughs> you know the you know the old saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close no, but no cigar. cigar. So you can't say cigar on radio. So oh. I'm not saying cigar anymore on radio. Okay. I'm you, saying no smoked garlic. Never going to say the word cigar ever again. Never, never. Cigar is, is like gone from radio. <laughs> Just abolished from the airways. <laughs> Let's count how many times Mon says cigar on radio I'm not, this I'm not being impertinent. I did, I did want to explain to the people what on earth I mean by no smoked garlic. <laughs> but yeah, you're not, you're not far. You're not far from Liechtenstein. It's actually the other tiny country that starts with L. Um, um, uh, Sounds like luxurious Yeah, 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 Luxembourg Yeah, you got it Luxembourg has got some of the worst traffic congestion in the world It scores the highest cars per capita rate in the EU Which is just mind-blowing because the population is so small It's like just over half a million residents Yeah, there's like 25 acres Yeah, it's like itsy-bitsy Like you could you could carpet the whole thing in a day It's very small <laughs> It has become It's more than 25 acres That was an exaggeration <laughs> But get this Right, the, uh, innovation at its best. They're like, "What are we going to do about all this traffic congestion?" I know we're going to make this the first country in the world to offer fee free public transport to everybody. Okay, free commute. Like, okay, all those people who were like working on their budgets. I'm up for that. Wipe transportation off your budget. All transport is now free. How cool wow. is that? How cool is that? That's very cool. I'm very, I'm very impressed with this. I mean, so previously they have uh, had trams and buses and trains have offered like free fares to like students or, or children or senior citizens. But starting 2020, free for the entire country <coughs> and uh, and free for everyone. So they're hoping this will, of course, cut down on uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, while simultaneously freeing up drivers from you know absolutely infuriating traffic jams, which is just mind-blowing that's... So it's such a small country and <laughs> having traffic congestion. Uh, but apparently, uh, apparently there's 180,000 commuters who are attracted to Luxembourg um, by jobs which offer substantially higher annual salaries than those in neighbouring nations. So it's not just the oh, Luxembourgians. It's people commuting, commuting in. Because it is so small and people mm-hmm. from all the surrounding countries are like, do you know what? Let's get some work there. So people from France and from Belgium, um, you know, the, the international commuters apparently doubled in the last two decades because of the attraction to come work in Luxembourg. So they're all flocking uh, into Luxembourg. I think the city is just called Luxembourg as well, Luxembourg City of Luxembourg, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yes, yeah, so the whole just, country just the city. Yeah, but 
<laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, so good on them. Such an innovation. I would like to see some of that happen in Australia, especially up in uh, in Brisbane where the public transport is just crazy expensive. It's, it's cheaper to walk for sure there. Just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not all about the angels who sing for him that day. It's not all about the shepherds on the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the about the good things in this life I've done It's not all about the treasures or the trophies that I've won It's not about the righteousness that I find within It's all about His precious blood
That was the Ball Brothers. It's all about the cross. What a crescendo. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't know you knew that word. Big words yeah. this morning yeah. on a Monday morning. My brain is just switched on this morning, except for the quiz. <laughs> I didn't know you, you'd know what that word was because you're not hugely musical or, or musically interested. So that's why I'm impressed. <laughs> that's why I'm impressed, Lyle. I've been trying to figure out whether the first song was a Christmas carol or not. Is that a Christmas carol? <laughs> that's not a Christmas carol. Oh, Lyle, you're so cultured. I am. <laughs> Lyle, let me give you the second clue for our What Book Am I quiz. Yogurt is a culture, right? (laughs) 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 Oh, Lyle, that was an epic dad joke. I love it. That's a good one. I'm going to use that one if I'm ever my dad. Okay. What Book Am I? Oh, I almost just said the answer. What, What Book Am I? Clue number two is a quote. Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonite, Am, Ammonites. Oh, you know that one. Ammonites. Yes. Them one. The anemones. The sea anemones. Lyle is still wrong. Ah. He's writing down answers left, right, and center. He's just getting them all wrong. So give me a call if you can get this right before Lyle. I'm going to give you double prizes. I'm super excited. Someone's got to get these double prizes. Like, this will be the third time that we've done this. So give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843 or text 0491-064-669 or, of course, just message me through any of our social media platforms. Okay, Mon, guess what happened in 1859 here in New South Wales? 1859? Did someone bake cookies? No, North New South Wales changed its name. Oh, really? And yeah. they changed it to North New South Wales? That no. was the best they came up with? No. Okay, okay. No, they changed their name. North oh. New South Wales changed its name. Guess what it called itself? What? Queensland. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so technically we still own them. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Bring it in, guys. Bring it in, yeah, Queensland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just, they're just, they're just New South Welshmen up there, just, uh, uh, just, p- just pretending, pretending under yeah. another name. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've offended every <laughs> Queenslander on the planet. Like, no, we seceded. Uh, radio stations are being switched off everywhere in Queensland right now. <laughs> yeah, that's just my trivia for the day. I'm not quite sure what that's got to do with um, Faith FM radio, but nevertheless, it's out there on the airwaves. Uh, okay, a couple of other things very quickly. Uh, concert over the weekend. You've got one dead, three critical. Oh, no. Um, from drug overdoses, you've got 69 people who are banned from uh, events, 62 that were uh, in, um, charged, and one man who was caught with 145 capture, capsules on him and now faces 20 years imprisonment. Good. Yeah, absolutely. So this okay, is something that we need to highlight. But yeah, lock these people up and you know, he's, he's trading in death. Exactly. That's why I have very little you know. sympathy for drug dealers when they go to prison. It's like don't don't lower that sentence because you know if he gets out, what's he going to do? Just keep dealing with death. You've got the possible death. of, you know, there's every possibility that four people died because of what he did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, if, they, if these three critical ones don't make it and one has already died and they were his pills, mm-hmm. you know, and of course that's going to probably be impossible to determine, but these are the guys who are causing that. So yeah, Lock them up and throw the keys away. Yeah, I agree. Um, <coughs> and also, it's it's a it's a warning, guys. If you're going to go and do something like this, go and have fun. That's right. You don't have to have drugs to have fun. In fact, drugs are just going to mess it up um, and make it it uh, um, way way worse mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, another story that's coming out is about snake relocation, and they're starting to question whether this is actually a positive thing. I have to say, the snake relocation is not a positive thing, and I'm going to tell it's you why. Not, just like, yeah, I know okay, why. what they're doing is they've got uh, they've they've uh, they're doing uh, experiments 
um, in Queensland with um, Death Adders. Death Adders? Death Adders. Wait, wait, wait. We have Death Adders in Australia? Hang on, why am I surprised? We no, have Death Adders are an Australian snake. Okay. It just sounds like such a... Australian snake. Does it? Okay, yes. go on. It sounds like... I mean, our worst snake. Because yeah, we, venomous- we have kind of lame names like brown snake and black snake and red belly snake. Yeah, it's like, very unimaginable. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in a, in a, it's like a rattlesnake and like these death adder and viper. It sounds like way more exciting. Know, when they're, they're it really does. I mean, the brown snake is like one of the most venomous snakes on the, the planet. planet. And, and we, we call just it call it a brown, a brown snake. snake. <laughs> we could have come up with something. You know, something maybe to- if you can come up with a better name for the brown snake, give us a call. one 324 Eight four three. Let's. Uh, but anyway, the Death Adder. Uh-huh. They're they're doing this experiment with Death Adders because they don't move much. Mm-hmm. Uh, death Adder on average moves three meters a day. Wow. Okay. Uh, but what they've found is that when you relocate a snake, it suddenly becomes erratic in its behavior. It increases its range. It moves more often. It becomes more defensive i.e. aggressive. Mm-hmm. 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 And so that then creates a problem for, um, you know, for pets or humans that come in contact with them. And I can testify to this because I used to live in Marsden Park and there used to be, now retired, a snake catcher who used to release snakes in Marsden Park and he retired a year after we moved there. But in the first year, we had 37 snakes in our first summer oh. on our property. Oh, that's disgusting. And you know we're on a we're on a dead end street. There's only four houses on the street. We're surrounded by bush. Mm. You know, so he's he's working in Sydney. This is the first bush that he comes across as he's driving out of Sydney. Best place to release snakes, and they all got dumped in our backyard. Great. Yeah. See, I, I'm not into snake relocation. I'm definitely into. Snake well, here's the here's the problem. They're, they're saying they're saying that uh, okay, we're not even going to put that to air, but. Um, <laughs> Like, Where's yeah, that eight second delay show. button? <laughs> 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 uh, but here's the um, here's the uh, we, we do not we do not promote breaking the law here on Faith FM. Just for the we record. do promote recycling though, and I think sh- snakes make great shoes. <laughs> It's just getting worse. I'm going to change the subject. I think I need to talk about something else this morning. Sorry, I hate snakes so but, much. Uh, the thing that worries me is that mm-hmm. if they do away with snake relocation, they're not going to replace it with decapitation. They're going to replace <laughs> it with with uh, just leaving them where they are, which, you know, that can be a little bit worrying for people, you know, can be, create anxiety and stress and so Look, forth. Look, if, if, uh, if they're going to relocate. And, and, and snake catchers being out of work. Yeah, if they're going to relocate them, they need to relocate them in a, in a smart place. And I, I'm, I wouldn't mind like a helicopter ride and dropping it off in some bush where like no one even has access to. There's no walking trails or nothing. <laughs> yeah, declared wilderness area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Anyway, moving on from there. Yes. Um, China's social credit system in which they are building a utopian society <laughs> uh, through... Communism, um, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But basically, they monitor everything you do through cameras and through algorithms that follow your every move. And your social credit either goes up or down. And the higher it goes, then the more services you have available. And the lower it goes, the less services it's you have utopia, available. It's not utopia. That's prison. Um, and so, you know, things about uh, things like saying something bad about the government, if that's recorded, down it goes. Jaywalking, down it goes. Late payments, down it goes. Um uh, Posting negative things on social media, down it goes. Frivolous purchases, down it goes. Unhealthy what? food, down it goes. What? Yes, frivolous purchases. Okay, the couple here that you'll like, alcohol, down uh-huh. it goes. Uh-huh. Video games, too much oh, time yes. on video games, down clap, it goes. Clap, clap for that one, <laughs> impressed. Okay, but you can be banned from work, uh, from travel, from social media, from higher education, from buying a house, hotel, 
uh, sending kids to private school, etc., etc., etc. Seven million people have been banned from those things already. So this is the Chinese uh, utopian society. It's absolutely disgraceful. Okay. Protection visas lodged in Australia by country. Uh-huh. Nine percent of them, these are refugees. Gotcha. Nine percent of them are from Malaysia. Fifteen percent of them are from Fiji. Sixteen percent of them are from Pakistan. Seventeen percent India, Bangladesh nineteen percent, Iran nineteen percent, Indonesia twenty one percent, China three hundred and eleven percent. What? What? That's enormous. Yeah, yeah that utopia that, is- that everyone's trying to get out of. <laughs> this, this is actually frightening because we've never had communism where they've been able to blend it with this level of technology. Yeah. It's frightening how the, the, this is like the new face of communism coming up. That, you know, we're experiencing something thing, totally the new. The big thing, of course, um, as far as religion goes, is um, you know because Australia accepts um, Falun Gong members mm-hmm. and um, the Muslim Uyghurs, um, we accept those as genuine refugees, but the social credit system is aggressively attacking religious people, um, particularly Christians, uh, along with you know the ones that I've mentioned, who, which are you know kind of outlawed already anyway. Um, and if you're a part of a Christian church, of course you're uh, you know this is what happens when you lose religious liberty. Do you know, anything? This is the result of you losing yeah. religious liberty, and we have been talking about religious liberty all last week. We're going to continue to talk about it this week because our religious liberty here in this country is under threat. Yeah, absolutely. And what you've got is a prime example of what happens when a government takes away religious liberty. You've got everybody just wants to leave that country. They're like, get me out of there. It's funny because people often think Australia could never go down that path, but we don't realize how close yeah. we've come in the past. We came. We, it, Two senators blocked it last week. And, yeah. And, and, you know, we're not there with China, but we would have lost our religious liberty. Yeah. I mean, even just turning Australia into a communist country, we've, we've been down that, close down that path before. It's really funny because at this graduation ceremony that, that I went to yesterday, one of the students got up and did a speech in which she thanked Goth Whitlam. <laughs> I had to have a little chuckle. I don't think any of the millennials knew what she was talking about, but I had to have a little chuckle. As a, a student said. student got up and thanked God, God with them. And, like, I mean, okay. sure, I get the point, but, like, uh, at the same time. The one guy who got sacked. Yeah, the one guy who got sacked. Like, you know, and we don't know for sure if he was going down that path, but, you know, he was heading in something that definitely looked in a communistic fashion. And we, No, he wasn't going down a communist path. He was definitely left-wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's what they were trying to accuse him of. Yeah. And that's why they had to get him out. But any as, as soon as you started describing this new system in China, the very moment that you say they can't criticise or say something bad about the government, you know you're in a, chickle, in a pickle. And I need, to, I need to note here that our right-wing government is still not protecting religious liberty here in this in, in this country as is needed. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, not creating a framework for uh, religious liberty. We need to look at China and realise this is where we could end up and uh, we need to be campaigning and voting intelligently here in Australia for our religious liberty and protecting that um, with everything we have, really. So, yeah. Absolutely. This is Gungor with Please Be My Strength. You're listening to Faith FM. I've tried to stand my ground, I've tried to understand But I can't seem to find my faith again Like water on the sand, a 
Grasping at the wind, I keep on falling short. So please be my strength. Please be my strength, 'cause I don't have any more. Listening to Gungo with "Please Be My Strength" here on Faith FM. Uh, oh, sorry, what pa- happened there? You paused and I immediately blanked and thought, "Oh no, have I switched your microphone off?" And so I switched it <laughs> on, but then switched it anyway. Sorry, it's Monday morning. It's Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. Yeah. And speaking of Monday, it is our Monday breakfast Bible quiz. What book am I? The third clue coming up right now. It's another quote. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or travelling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. Where is that quote from? Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you know the answer, Lyle knows the answer now. I even give you the chapter on that one. Not quite the verse. I'd have a stab at the verse. I'd go with like about verse, that one. 
Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, give us a call if you think you know the answer to that one. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Okay, we've got uh, joining us on the show this morning. We have Jack Ryder. Jack, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Now, uh, just a bit of an introduction. Jack Ryder is a pastor um, moving to uh, Kempsey and has a most interesting story that he's going to share with us this morning. Jack's been on the show a long time ago, and we're glad that he can come back on and share his story with us. But, um, yeah, Jack, you don't come from what some might think would be the typical path to ministry and you know life story that a uh, somebody who is in ministry might have uh, tell us about your story tell us about your home where you where did you where did you grow up where did you come from yeah so um, yeah I grew up actually in the in the camp area mid north coast area um, and uh, I grew up not believing in God I thought God was very much a fairy tale and I really wanted I wanted nothing to do with anyone who associated with God as well. Um, I thought they were fruitcakes, lunatics. Um, you know, like, why would you believe a fairy tale? It just made no sense to me. Sure. And, um, and so, yeah. your family, were they uh, religious people? No, no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the only Christian in my family uh, as we speak. Oh, my, uh, by my, my grandmother, um, she has some religious affiliation, but, um, yeah. I'm pretty much the only Christian in my family. So you could probably trace it back through what, you know, third generation atheist kind of thing, something like that? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it, it was a common practice around the, the dinner table to uh, to make fun of, you know, silly Christians, um, you know, for believing such things. Although, you know, I absolutely love my parents. I think they did a great job of raising me, but that was just, I guess, the household. Okay, so, you see, so we're just talking about the average secular Aussie household, really? Well, yeah, uh, I guess so, uh, pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, you know, just, just living for today, um, seeing what's happening. And, um, yeah, I, I guess it is. I guess it is Aussie household, really. In, the, in, the, in these discussions uh, amongst your family, did your family ever question, you know, the bigger questions of life, like, you know, where we came from, where we're going, those kind of things? Um, sometimes, I guess... Uh, you know, if uh, if the drink was passed around, you know what I'm saying. If uh, you know, if it was a party or something, um, and sometimes alcohol brings that out, um, those questions. But it was always, um, you know, my, my father was very much, you know, he loved uh, the theory of evolution, and and it was very much um, drummed into me as well. Sure. Um, yeah, from a young age. How did that change? Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a jump to get from that. Into yeah. being a pastor, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so something clearly happened there. I know. I uh, I often laugh. I think God has a sense of humour. You know, like uh, I grew up like that, and uh, pretty much not wanting to deal with Christians at all. And now I'm a pastor. I laugh sometimes looking back. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it's interesting because um, I was quite a, a a naughty child, you could say, as well. And I was uh, I was actually kicked out of uh, the schools in Kempsey. And uh, the only school that would accept me, I was homeschooled for a year because uh, no school really would accept me. And the only school that would accept me was a Seventh-day Adventist school. Um, and I remember going there with my goal to get expelled because I didn't want to be around these Christians. I wanted to get expelled from this school as well. You must have been fairly uh, confident after having uh, accomplished that at the previous schools. Yeah, that's right. 
That's exactly right. I thought this is going to be a piece of cake. You know? um, <laughs> Particularly in a religious school. Yes, that, that's right. So I, I did whatever you, you could imagine to get expelled. Uh, you know, I remember oh, I got detention one time and I'm standing outside and I found a permanent marker. So I wrote swear words all over the kids' bags and, and hats and <laughs> like you name it. I was doing whatever I could to get expelled. Yeah, um, I think we all we all we all we all knew some students within your category when we were in <laughs> yeah, school. Yeah, that's, that's pretty naughty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they say yeah. there's one in every classroom, and you were the one, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that's it, and that that was my goal. But it was strange because the more and more I seemed to misbehave, um, I was disciplined. Don't get me wrong, but sure. I was shown love in that discipline, and I didn't really get it. I, I was like, why are these people just still so nice to me why are they still so loving and it didn't make sense at first um but that was really the beginning of those barriers breaking down um that that i guess the prejudice really i was really prejudiced towards anyone who believed in god Mm. um and those yeah over time they started to wear away and those walls began to break down um it's yeah I, i i still get chills today thinking about it but over over that time um yeah, I was, I was wanting to get expelled, and then all of a sudden, this love kind of consumed me that was being showed through the principal and my teachers and some of my classmates. That my goal began to change from wanting to get expelled to now wanting to stay in the school. So, was that um, an because, overnight yeah. kind of thing, or was there an event that participated that, or something that um, came on sort of over a period of time? <clears throat> well. It, it was definitely over a period of time, um, you know, that the barriers, that the prejudice coming down was over a period of time. Mm. But uh, there was one particular event that stands out for me as a bit of a change. And um, that was, you know, I was, I was now trying to stay in school, but old, you know, habits die hard um, because all I knew was to, how to be naughty and I didn't know how to be good. And, um, I remember facing the discipline school discipline committee, uh, not a not just the first time, but a second time now, and I thought I'm a goner. But um, you know, I really wanted to stay at the school. I remember being called into the principal's office. I was in high school now, about year nine, I'm pretty sure. So wait, wait, and when you go be front of the the disciplinary committee, does that mean you're on the verge of being expelled? Is that this kind of the expectation yeah, in that yeah, yeah, environment? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like a committee of people who. Um, basically decide your fate. So I was expecting, you know, to, to walk into this room with, with people with judging eyes, um, you know, and I was like, no, I, I don't want to leave. But I walked in there and it was just the principal and I was a bit confused uh, because the principal said, come in, Jack, sit down. And he began to explain to me how he had stayed up all hours of the night reasoning with the discipline committee to try and keep me at the school. Wow. Mm. And um, that was such, it really hit. And he said to me, Jack, do you know what grace is? And I said, I have no idea. And he began to explain to me what grace was. And he says, Jack, grace is something that you don't deserve, but I'm giving it to you anyway. And wow. he was teary, his eyes were watering, and I remember looking into his teary eyes, and that was the first time I met Jesus. Wow. That's amazing. That's a, that's a teacher right there 
for whom teaching mm. is more than just a job. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's a teacher who's found a calling. That's incredible. Yeah. Walking out of yeah. there, walking out of that, that, you know, having received grace, mm. what, was it, what was that like for you? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I just felt, I felt actually quite undeserving. I, I thought, you know, who is, who is this man? You know, my principal, but more importantly, more importantly, I was, who is this God that he believes in? Mm. And it was from that point I really wanted to to know more. My barriers, I guess, the last brick on the brick wall was was smashed over, and I, I wanted to know answers. I wanted to know who this God was, and I really began to search uh, for God for myself. Um, and I was uh, I'm dyslexic, and I struggle with reading and writing. And uh, a few years beforehand seeds were being planted and I actually I stole a Bible from the school. I don't think I was actually meant to take it. So awesome. I had this theory. <laughs> I love stolen Bible stories. Do you know the Bible is the most stolen book on the planet? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I, 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 a couple of years before I stole this Bible because uh, I I was raised in an Aboriginal home while my mum was, was sick. And uh, I remember the grandmother of uh, my Aboriginal family, I, I called them my family, had this open Bible by her bed for some reason. I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I did the same thing, thinking it would somehow protect me. But I remember going home and, um, you know, I couldn't read or, or write and I had my history homework. And I was trying really hard to do my history homework and I just started crying because I couldn't read the history book. And I remember throwing the history book across the room and I was in tears thinking I'm, I'm worthless, I can't do this, I'm too dumb. And uh, as I threw the history book, I remember seeing the Bible there and thinking to myself, I wonder. And uh, I picked up the Bible and I started reading and um, tears came to my eyes because for some reason, I don't know why, I I read the first line of the Bible and I could read it and I could understand it. And I just started reading and I kept reading and I kept searching and I found God. That's that's incredible because the Bible, you know, the Bible is not, Designed for easy reading, whereas a history book mm. is. That's yeah, I know. I, 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 it was supernatural. Yeah, I, I believe God. that absolutely. Um, and it's completely transformed who I am and who I was. Yeah, and what a great now, and what a great history book! You throw out one history book and pick up a uh, an inspired one. <laughs> can, I, can I just ask? Did you cop any animosity from your family with the with the transition to being a Christian, especially into being a pastor? Well, uh, yeah. Well, when it first occurred, I remember coming home um, after after school one day and saying to Mum, "I want to be baptized. You know, I want to give my heart to, to God." And she she was buttering a piece of toast. Now I must be careful how I tell this story because I absolutely love my my mum. She did such a great job raising me as a single single mother. Um, but I remember, you know, she loved her baby, and she thought I was being brainwashed, and she threw the the toast and. You know, slammed the, the knife down and said, what? What are they doing? They're brainwashing you. I didn't send you to that school to be baptized. And, um, and I thought, whoa, what, what is, what's happening? And I just remember um, going to my room and praying about it. And um, the pastors came over and told mum what this actually meant, that, you know, it was my decision. And, and um, what's interesting is my family thought it was just going to be a phase that I'll just get over. But 
they actually have seen my life completely change. And now my family are my biggest supporters. Wow. Uh, from, yeah, from thinking I'll just get over it to now, yeah, um, flying the banner, you know, and, and supporting me 100%. Yeah, well, they, I guess they see the results of what God has done in your life. And, and, yeah, um, that's right. Going from being a rebellious kid in school to uh, pastoring a church and being a chaplain and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. So you, um, you've made this decision in high school to give your life to God and to be baptized. Did your mum? Did your parents come to your baptism? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my dad uh, was a part of uh, a bikey gang at the time, and he rocked up in his colours on his on his Harley. And I remember some <laughs> of the church members thinking, "Who is this?" And I was just so happy he could make it. That's awesome. Um, and you know, he's sitting there in his leathers and. And my grandmother was there, my mum was there, and um, yeah, they, they all came out to support. Um, it was funny, actually. Dad t- told me a story when he was a part of the club and he was in the clubhouse, and he told uh, he told his biker mates that, you know, his son's a, a pastor. And they all laughed, saying, you yeah, know, normally it's the other way around. Normally it's the, it's the father who's the, the pastor and the son who was a part of the bikey gang, and Oh, they couldn't get over it. They were just laughing. Uh, it's quite a yeah, funny thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, um, <laughs> when you, when you uh, okay, so you finished high school. What what was your path to ministry? Yeah, so um, during during year twelve, I remember uh, I couldn't help but you know keep uh, you, you can't just keep Jesus to yourself. You have to share it once when you realise he's he's real and. And uh, how amazing he is! So I started just started just doing Bible studies with people and, and sharing my faith. And uh, I couldn't keep it to myself; I had to share it. And uh, the school noticed this, and the church noticed this, and so they actually picked me up for a year and paid me for a year to stay and be a Bible worker. Um, and uh, from this, uh, the year of being doing Bible work, I thought I need to do this full time. Like I need to. I, you know, there can't be a second in the day where, like, I, I, I keep to myself. I need to share Jesus with others, and so uh, I decided to, um, yeah, to, to do it full time and to head into ministry. And so I, uh, I went down to Newcastle to to Avondale College and studied ministry and theology. Um, and yeah, now I've been two years out uh, as a pastor, and uh, I'm now actually heading back to my hometown, Kempsey. So your um, journey has taken you yeah. full full full, uh, full circle. Yeah, that's right. Jack, it's fantastic to have you on the show this morning. We are out of time. We're going to have to move on, but thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thanks, Lyle. It's a a pleasure. Yeah. That was Jack Ryder, pastor up in Kempsey, and uh, we're going to move on now. This is Chris Rice, Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go. Let me go I rest my weary soul in thee I give thee back the life I owe That in thine ocean depths its flow May richer, fuller be Followest all my way 
flickering torch to thee My heart restores its borrowed ray That in thy sunshine's blaze its day May brighter, fairer be O joy that seekest me through pain I cannot close my heart to thee I trace the rainbow through the rain And feel the promise is not vain That morn shall tearless be O cross that liftest up my head I dare not ask to fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory dead And from the ground there blossoms red Life that shall endless peace Life that shall endless peace Or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Someone in the great somewhere 